okay? Oh. <laughs> you know when you lean back on your cheap crappy chair a little bit too <laughs> Hey, this, I, I didn't choose to grow this. Pressing numpad another time. Why are you playing it if you're bitching about it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, you kicked the ball over, now you get that. Right. Fucking broke me legs, mate. Okay, good question, good accept it. Minichlorians, motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, I carried your asses! Hello there everyone and welcome to Live Gaming Gathering, where we talk about video games, life and everything we find interesting in our daily lives. And today I'm being joined by Ray and Gian. Welcome gentlemen. Hello! Hello. As always, Gian is enthusiastic as ever. Hey, he's more enthusiastic than I am right now. Shit. I mean, it's morning food, so... Yeah, it is like 8.30 in the morning as of right now, recording. So I'm, I'm using this as a warm-up for my auditions later today. So, haha, kill two birds with one stone. Time zones, you're gonna love them, right? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so... Right, today we're gonna talk about video games. What a surprise, right? And today we're gonna talk about childhood video games that affected our lives and... In that matter, well, it doesn't matter if it's childhood games, it could be like modern games affected you on a personal level. We're gonna talk about that. And maybe we're gonna talk about the modern video game industry, what we could change, what we'd like to change, all that kind of stuff. Also, before I continue, I would love to tell our audio listeners, uh, whoever listening, I, I see who are downloading the podcast on the audio version, and it would be great. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how about the audio listeners, because they, I guess they just click to download the audio version of the podcast and they just listen to it and never come back and they come back for the next one. It would be great if any of you who ever listen to the audio version of the podcast, if you like leave a comment or leave a like or something, just tell us the feedback if you enjoy the podcast or not because that's one of the easiest way to track for me if people are enjoying what we talk about or how the podcast is going, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, because we're just going to assume if there's no feedback that everything's all right. And if everything isn't all right, then somebody's got to tell us. We need feedbacks. So, yeah, if you're all doing listen, please let us know what you think about the podcast, because I'd love to get some sort of feedback. It will be a like or a dislike or a comment, anything that you think is acceptable. Send threatening letters. We don't know. Oh, yeah. Or or you could do a send an email. Ooh. Ooh. We do have an email, guys. Okay, so back to the main topic. Gaming. All right. Yay! Talk about gaming. Okay, so who wants to talk about video games first? Who, your childhood games. How you got into gaming? Who wants to go first? I'll let Jean go first. Yeah. Okay, my you go first. Yeah, my first game I ever played on a video game was Super Mario. In that, are you gonna talk about in that voice specifically? No. <laughs> much effort. It's me, Chinese Mario. <laughs> Chinese, I can't imagine Chinese Mario. It wasn't even the Super Mario. The, the, it was the first Mario that ever Mario. What is the eight-bit Mario? That's the oh, um, Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo, the original. Was Nintendo. this Super Mario? Yeah, that's that's what it was. Because if I remember correctly, um, you'd buy the console and it would come bundled with like that and Duck Hunt. Yeah. There was like a cartridge that had it all on one, and I had it when I was a kid. And I could never finish the game. The The furthest I went to, I think it was stage five was with the flying fish. That's the stage I never, oh, I could fuck never pass. That level. Guess what? At that what? age, I still don't know what is like, um, um, how do you call it? Rage about, rage about gaming. I was, I was, 
I don't even know. I I did I didn't even know anger. Like if I was now like if I couldn't pass that stage, I would get like angry and annoyed about. But I used to be like just keep trying, but I keep I don't even remember how how the heck I I I didn't get angry about the game. It was so frustrating just by thinking about it that the time I spent on just trying to get the game finished done. But I just remember we we talked about like in the last episode or so. I think it was with Adrian. Well, we were talking about our gamer gamer rage moments, and yeah, you're never raging when we play together. Like any game we play together, you never rage on anything, and I'm just surprised you troll people. Yeah, I don't think I have ever, ever, ever even seen you get slightly upset too. Like all the videos I made back in the day, League of Legends or Battlefield or whatever, and Gian was playing with us, he never raged. Yeah, he got surprised by something, but he never raged. I rage at games that are like, um, not not many games, but like Mario Bros. is that type of game I get rage. Like, if you don't, for example, if you almost get to the finish point and you die, then you have to start everything over again. That type of game I get angry at. Ah, uh, back in the days before yes. checkpoints. <laughs> yes. Speaking of checkpoints, though, I remember there was a game I played on PS1. It was The Grinch. And my god, that game is really infuriating when it comes to checkpoints and everything. Because some levels like require you to like spin on a stick and you have to jump on another stick while you're spinning. You, that, those type of games... Like those like mini games in that game. And my god, it was the most frustrating shit ever because you had to be extremely perfect with your jumps otherwise you're gonna have to start all over again i can't remember where it was that i'd seen it but somewhere along the line i've seen it a discussion um especially considering um switch with their emulators for the older games they allow you to do uh save states and quick saves like pc emulators do and there's this real big discussion especially among like younger people who are just like picking up super mario brothers and a lot of these older games that you know, say don't have checkpoints and stuff like that. And they're like, well, I beat the game. And well, did you use quick saves? Did you use save states? Because if you did, there's a lot of people like me and our old school people who are sitting there with our arms crossed going, no, nah, you didn't beat it. You, 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 you cheated. You saved yourself just before you died and you didn't. So like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that form of the discussion. Like what, what do you guys think? Like, do you think it's like, an old game like that never had checkpoints. If you're using like a save state system to artificially make checkpoints, did you really beat the game or mm. that's kind of a weird subject? No, that's, that's actually a good question. But in, in actually, yeah, uh, I actually don't know. Well, in this modern age, we probably would consider that like Dark Souls like, I guess, because Dark Souls doesn't really have a checkpoint. I mean, it does like they have the bonfire checkpoints, but that's like, Again, if you're doing something in Dark Souls and you die, you ha- basically start from scratch. Yeah, but if you want a checkpoint, you still have to go back to that bonfire and yeah. set the checkpoint. With a safe state system, it's like, I'm about ready to jump over this big gap. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to make it, so quick, let me hit, I don't know, F6 or some shit to make a safe state. And off we go. I can't... Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know if it's... Uh, if people these days well basically cheat with saves i actually don't know if, if i mean you still be the game i guess you still be the game fair and square but with the saves 
I don't know. It's I don't know. I mean, to me, that kind of takes like a a level of the white knuckleness out of it. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, like, I guess. I have to make this jump. I have to beat this level. I have to do it this way. Otherwise, I've got to start completely over again. But if you save state, it's like, well, I could fail and I'll just, you know, reload and back where I was. Ha ha. I don't. It's kind of it's kind of a touchy subject. Because I know there's bro. some people that are going to be like, "Well, that's, you're beating it regardless." I saw the end. I, I saw the end screen, but it's it's a different way of quote unquote beating it. Honestly, also I don't, I don't think it has this. Like, imagine you actually finish the game right without any saves available, and you actually finish the game. The feeling itself is really remarkable and amazing. Just like finish the game like in a proper way without cheating or everything. Just like you did it properly without dying. Why? Just it feels amazing. But I do what, get what? if people need help with that. Can I say something? Yes. What? Well, the thing is, like, because back on the days, if you play the game, you actually, like, play the game to have fun. Actually, the game style, the gameplay. But now you, you there's, like, stories in, in the game. So I think one of the difference that you get excited about finishing the game by then and now, that's the difference. Because... Now you just like I play for the story some games, but back in the days you have to focus on actually how to play the game. Actually, that's a good point. I mean, you can... imagine like what is that good story about the old games that you know, like on Super Mario saving the princess by jumping and hitting mushrooms or or stuff. What the nice? I think back for those games, it wasn't a matter of like the story that was driving gameplay forward; it was the gameplay itself. Yeah. So, okay, yes. okay. What's the next challenge? What's the next level going to have? What What's going on? And if, especially if you're playing through that first time, there's that level of mystery to it. It's just the same same aspect as with a story. It's like, okay, well, what's the next chapter? What's the next page? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. What's coming next? I'm going to keep playing to see that. Back in the day, with those games, before story driven even really got into it, it was the gameplay had to maintain the game. If the gameplay wasn't good, the game sucked. It didn't matter whether there was a story attached to it or not back in those days. There's actually not a lot of games these days that like literally just let drops you in an open world or whatever, or whatever the what kind of game is it, and just play. There's go discover the story yourself. They're like Dark Souls is the only one of those games that you can have, actually have to interpret what kind of story it is. So it's always in, in part of your imagination, but. Yeah, modern games don't really do that anymore. It's like, people will complain, oh, lack of story, I don't know what I'm doing. Why don't you just, like, make your own story? And, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of that, uh, what basically, for me, was a big impact when it comes to video games, like in my childhood, was RuneScape. And Jihan played RuneScape with me for a little bit, just for an hour or two, just to, and he complained how much how clunky the controls are, and I agree, the RuneScape controls are quite clunky. But it's a MMO, RPG or whatever. And that game for me, even though it has like side quest or quest whatever that you can do like and it has some sort of story. But at the end of the day, it's not really like story based. It's literally just an open world game and you can do whatever the fuck you want. And games these days don't really have that. The reason I love RuneScape is mostly because I had an option to do whatever I want. Like, I can level up my strength, my attack, or I can do, go do fishing or woodcutting or all that kind of stuff. Like, there was never a narrative that I had to follow. All the narrative for me was basically creating my own story as I go along and play. Like, whether I go to a wilderness and just 
fight some people or meet some new friends and like okay we don't we're not gonna kill each other so let's work together and get some kill some dragons in the in the distance or something like that and then we come back and maybe we became friends or something like that it, it, it always for me those are the best games for me personally where you create your own narrative there's no story no nothing you create your own narrative but the gameplay is there to complement your narrative or justify it because i think that's I think the games that last longer for you are the ones that where you have the options to create your own story, whatever that story is. And I'm kind of sad that games these days don't really have that. And RuneScape for me was that. They still that like like No Man's Sky, they still got that feeling, but people complain about too much because yeah. people don't know what to do. Like they get lost instantly about No Man's Sky. Um, I think No Man's Sky is uh, like, I haven't played, so I don't know if if it's a good game or not, but I've seen reviews about it. It's like a sandbox. You can do whatever you want, traveling between like places to places in, in the galaxy. But people complain about like they get lost or don't know what to do or not enough um, um, tutorial about the game and stuff. But Yeah, the, the, because we live in, a, like, in social media a lot, more than age, I guess. I would probably love No Man's Sky right now after the recent updates they did, and but because I know so much about the game, I kind of don't want to play it, and that's the problem. And maybe because, maybe that's why I enjoyed RuneScape so much back in the day as a child because I wasn't exposed to the media or whatever. The most media I probably had was some expensive magaz- magaz- gaming magazines you could buy in the store. And I'm like looking at pictures. I'm not even reading the content. I'm just reading, looking at the pictures like, ooh, that's awesome. That's all, that's great and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And I think because we live in a social media age, it's kind of hard to get yourself into creating your own narrative in those kind of games just because you already know so much and you already have some sort of bias from journal media journalists or great content creators on YouTube or Twitch, whatever. And you have this already idea of what you expect. And I think that's kind of difficult now i'll even go a step farther and say like there's a when it's when it comes to the social media aspect with within gaming like there's this huge huge disparity of trying to keep a surprise going you know like yeah for instance death stranding it's a game i really want to play but i'm not going to run out and buy a playstation 4 for one game specifically i i mean i used to do that when i was a teenager i'd go out and buy a playstation just for metal gear for crying out loud but you know i don't do that anymore I own a $3,000 PC. That's what I have it for. It's there to game on. And when gaming companies go, well, we're going to have this console exclusivity crap for a year, year and a half, two years, which by all for all intents and purposes is their business in order to do what they want to with their product. But from a personal standpoint to me, it kind of makes it hard for me in order to be in order to stay hyped up and anticipating a game especially something as story driven as say death stranding where i can't even get on social media for five seconds without seeing some form of post about it and i've got to like mentally gloss over it completely ignore it just so that when i finally get my hands on it whenever the hell that's going to be i'm still treated to that that first time play surprise i'm still treated to that that shock and awe those shock and awe moments that you know the, the designers put into that game and i think that's a huge problem in of itself is with separate release dates and again like i i understand the practice behind it oh well, you know keep exclusivities it sells consoles it makes units move and blah 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 but the flip side of that coin what they don't see is is it literally 
you're kind of almost destroying your product by locking it to one specific platform and saying, that's where it's going to stay for right now. Everybody else, you've got to fit in line and you've got to wait. But here's the kicker. When somebody has something that other people don't have, by human nature, where we go, neener, 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 ha, 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 ha. We do that crap. And even on the internet, it's way worse. So it it's uh, it's it's stupid and it kind of that practice in of itself to me kind of kills like the joy and the surprise that i used to get all the time when game in gaming because back in the day there was no oh well it's gonna be an nes exclusive and that's where it's gonna stay and then you know a couple of weeks later we'll put it out on playstation or you know they didn't do that crap it was you knew what you were getting out of the line of games and consoles when you bought a nintendo you knew what to expect same thing with a playstation like I didn't really see this problem become a problem until I got into like until uh, PlayStation Three era, PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty era, and then it started getting worse and worse because then you have okay Microsoft exclusives, Sony would get it after a while in some cases, and the every time the generation keeps going up and up, it gets worse. So I can't like the same even with the Final Fantasy Seven remake. I really want to play that game. I re I'm like an avid Final Fantasy fan. I've loved Final Fantasy 7 since it came out and I first got it. But I fear like I'm going to have the exact same problem with like changes and storyline changes and things that, you know, that matter to me about that game that are just going to get outright destroyed because Sony wants to keep a hold of it for a year. And to what end? You got another console coming out soon. Nobody in their right mind is going to go buy another console for one game just announced another console what three weeks ago as you say that i just remembered the reason i haven't finished for example jedi fallen order is not because it's a bad game i was interested what the story is going and everything but i got low-key spoiled on youtube and twitter mostly youtube because you know how youtube algorithm works as soon as you watch something on netflix on your pc it's gonna be fucking recommended on your fucking recommended list on youtube oh it's gonna be everywhere yeah. so yeah. as soon as because i googled some jedi fallen order stuff it wasn't story based or something like that i got low-key spoiled uh, the ending of the game and i'm like well, I already seen that because, like, of course, my curiosity, like, oh fuck you, and I also I saw the thumbnail or something. I've watched it, and I'm like, and now I don't feel like finishing the game. It's not because the game is not fun, but because social media and YouTube algorithms, ru- yeah, l- ruined that for me. It's a fun game, don't get me wrong. But the reason what I will come, the reason I will actually come back to play that game again now, is literally if there was some sort of multiplayer. Uh, aspect of the game so me and you could or us three just join into like a group and just do some challenges together uh, as a group that would the only reason I will come back to that game but it's a single player game so that's a different story but that's sad though that's that's like you know that's that's you like being deprived of like the back half of your investment if you bought it like that's that's sad Thankful, that should thank, not be like thankfully, a good thing. I, thankfully disclaimer I go, I go for free but, yeah, disclaimer. But I'm still sad that I couldn't finish the game. I can't. I I, I just can't be asked to finish the game because because I was already low key spoiled by the ending, and I'm like, well, I already saw the ending. The game is fun. I can I like what put already what 15 hours into a game. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I guess. 
No, it's not even 15 hours, maybe 10, I don't know how many hours. But either way, but yeah, thanks YouTube algorithm for spoiling that for me because reasons. And that's that's a sad thing too, because like I said, that it's and it's not even like you intentionally went out of your way in order to find those spoilers. Like they just popped up because YouTube decided to go, okay, well, hey, you watch this, you you want to watch this, 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 and this too. Like I've had a couple of games, like even over the course of the year, like I can't remember what they were off the top of my head now because they've pretty much been spoiled and I've forgotten about them. But yeah, there there've been a couple of games that have come out over the course of last year where just. Between Twitter and YouTube, they just spoil them for me, and it's not even like I go out of my way to look for the stuff. It, it just pops up, and oh, well, great, there goes that. Like the Avengers movie, I that oh my god, like I haven't even seen that fucking movie, and I know how it goes front to back just because of all the crap that people have posted on the internet that I've tried to avoid, and you can after a while. For example, I don't know if you haven't seen Mandalorian yet, right? No, I haven't. But you, but you know, know about the Baby Yoda stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so that been... that element of surprise is gone for me now. Yeah. Like, I'll never get that. Thankfully, I, w- I was lucky enough. As soon as it got online, I, I like managed like VPN quickly, <laughs> managed to watch the <laughs> episode. Thankfully, and I got I wasn't spoiled of the main reels. I'm like, ooh, like the first episode was like, ooh, that's really interesting. But yeah, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, you like waited for a month, for example, or if in in UK, for example, because that's the reason I had needed VPN is because. Disney Plus is not in UK for some fucking reason. What? So I, I ha- yeah, so I had to like go around the system and watch it in a different way. But I watched it. But some people don't have that. Uh, what's the word? Um, luxury. Yeah, luxury. They don't have that luxury. So a month later or a couple of weeks later, this the Star Wars Twitter account is sharing the Baby Yoda picture, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, then. That's, that's... Hey, I mean, we're, we're getting off original track here. But, yeah, I mean, I do agree. Like, in this day and age, for anything story-driven, it is virtually impossible to avoid spoilers unless you completely just, like, hermit yourself away from social media and YouTube and everything until you've seen it. And that's – that's it's not right. It completely destroys a lot of elements of surprises and stuff that directors and writers and actors and producers and everything put into their products and or their productions in order to wow an audience. And it's just sad that it just gets so easily undercut like that. Just completely the wind taken out of it within not even, I don't know, 48 hours after it's even been released. And it's that's that's horrible. Like, there's no way to fix it. Ever. It's not going to get fixed. It's just attitudes of people but it's it's just a sad thing that it exists um well i want to say i completely forgot about oh uh fortnite so we were talking about like talking about how social media and youtube algorithms or whatever can spoil you the game fortnite is kind of evolving with that because believe it or not there's a story in fortnite like literally battle royale there's actually a story and the reason and the way they do it uh, at Epic, the way they do it, they put clues or like whatever, like aspects or uh, objects or something like if they're loading screens on the map, some wallpapers or something like that, or they have those special events like Fortnite has sometimes, like the for example the Star Wars event or there was like a mech against uh, like Pacific Rim type of stuff that was happening in Fortnite or that when the black hole happened in Fortnite all that has a story but you can't really spoil that because you have to like do some research what the story is about or figure out because 
they never imply that there's a story, but they're like dropping hints that there's a story and something like that. And that I think that's kind of perfect because you discover the story yourself and you kind of create your own narrative. It's like what I said, RuneScape is, was so good back then for me because I was creating my own narrative. And Fortnite is kind of the same, but it's not. But I do get the idea that instead of like having a consistent, like from A to B plotline, you have this like some sort of a mix of mini stories or hints of what the story is all about in Fortnite. And I think that's kind of more interesting or kind of interesting how it evolved with the social media because you can't spoil it. You just can't. You have to do some research. Otherwise, you'd, you're just not going to notice the story unless you do some research. And that's quite interesting how Fortnite does that. Well, I give Form- props to that. Hell yeah, I never even known Fortnite had a narrative. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no like consistent like A to B narrative, but there's a narrative of some sort of. There's like factions apparently. There's like skins apparently, like faction skins. Uh, certain characters have some sort of special story, maybe. Like, and you have to discover that, which is quite interesting how they do that. It's like visual storytelling, but without telling any words. And people have to interpret interpret that story. And there's like Reddit threads and everything, like discussing, oh, this faction does that and blah blah that, and that character does that, and it's just interesting how they managed to do that. And they're still continuing that. The black hole thing happened, and there was a, there's a narrative and story to that black hole on Fortnite, as it happened like a couple of months ago. And it's quite amazing how they did that. I don't know how they managed to do it, but that's amazing. Whoever was running that ship at, at Epic Games and doing that kind of stuff and calling the shots, it's amazing. But yeah, Fortnite has a story, apparently. But for me, some games, personally, I don't really care about spoiler like. Fortnite is one of the game. Like, spoil me whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that's the beauty matter. of it. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. There's no you can't really spoil it unless you want to do some research about the story. That's the difference, and that's I think that's how we evolved because of the social media. It's quite amazing. Yeah, um, but Fortnite. No, I but that what's the mode about Fortnite about saving the world, something like that. Um, but there should be a story about it. On, there, there should be a story, right? On, There's not really the a story. It's just like really. Uh, I, don't, I actually don't know. I just I know what the game is like. Uh, basically, it's a co-op game, and you fight off horde. It's a horde mode, basically. Uh, That's what I thought it was. I even just looking at it, I thought it was just like not your run-of-the-mill horde mode. Horde mode. Oh, I don't say it's horde it's mode. left <laughs> horde mode, but yeah, it's left for dead by Epic Games or something like that. But just with like with a twist and building and then a bit more creativity, I guess. It's those it's those type of games, um, which is fine, but it didn't took off because it wasn't that interesting. But as soon as bat, for some reason battle royale is more interesting, but whatever, I don't know. Um, battle royale is the thing now. Everything is about battle royale. Oh yeah, to tell that to Battlefield that that worked out really well. Really, oh, <laughs> before battle royale, it used to be like MOBA. Oh uh, yeah, everyone yeah. everyone wanted the bloody MOBA. I remember Battlefield? Make the MOBA, but they cancel it. <laughs> it was some EA game that were making a MOBA or something like that. I do remember that. No, the Battlefield one, was what? it? like Battlefield had a MOBA? What was that game? Oh, I don't remember. Remember 5 versus 5 on, on Battlefield. <laughs> was, was it Heroes? Battlefield Heroes by any chance? No, the one that we played. What was it called again? They cancel it. Oh. They didn't even cancel it. They just like don't even bother to make it. Like, mobile, battlefield mobile. Oh, 
No, Battlefield on Heroes? Battlefield no, not Battlefield 1. No, I mean, on, on, it's a MOA. Was it a MOA game or not? It's, it was like a 5 versus 5. Oh, you're talking about competitive <laughs> in Battlefield yes. incursions. That, oh, yes, that's the one. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, what the hell with Battlefield MOBA? Yeah, but Battlefield competitive, I can talk about that for days and days and days. And it's, I had like a MOA thingy on it. Right? It, had a fe- it had a MOBA feeling, but it's, it tried to go for that competitive feeling. But the problem is, it, it was becoming a bit, yeah, maybe MOBA-like, maybe I would now, say. What I think is they cancelled it because like Battle Royale came out. Battlefield 5 came out, that's right. There was no time to finish it, or promote oh. it, or whatever. And, but, it was supposed to come from Battlefield 5, but it got cancelled back in August. Because apparently it was going against, it wasn't fun apparently, or it was going against dice dice design ideas or something. I I don't know. Apparently it was the it was apparently they were doing the same mistakes they were doing in Battlefield, Battlefield One incursions, and they were still pushing for the same design ideas, which I disagree with. Like I like the idea, but uh, Battlefield is not that. Battlefield needs something else. It, it needs completely something else when it comes to competitive. Uh, yeah, we are gonna go back to, to we're gonna the go history. Topic. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just I just remember. Okay, the game also that affected me back in my childhood, back in PS One days, was a game called Star Wars Jedi Power Bows. Anyone heard about that game? Oh, was it like the multiplayer? You play with a friend up to four players. Was it that one? Uh, I think so. I I know. I, well, it was local. You know, like with two controls on the PS One. Um. I know you can play with a friend. I, I had no yeah. idea if you can have three or four players. I always played well, with, with two because we only had two controls. And every character they had their own skills, like the force and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They always they had their own uh, skill and abilities you can, and stuff. And where if another player advances more, you pull the screen and another player dies. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And you have like you collect like it's basically episode one the movie right but it's like designed around that like it's 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 influenced or inspired by the game but i, I don't that one but i don't remember much about it oh i love that game i always play that on repeat and try to be the, the, the my highest score and everything it was the most I... amazing thing ever uh then somehow we discovered that some secret levels that you can log uh-huh. and you where you play as a droidica uh or as a Gungan, I think I can't remember. But anyway, it was it's it was that game was so freaking fun, and I remember I, I tried to, to master with... it as much as I can. It was good times, and me and my friend. I remember always... playing that with my other friends. Oh my god, we 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 can't we we sometimes we annoy others so they die so we can change. So like how we play is like, if you die, you pass the controller to another person. Sometimes we just annoy the another person so he can pass the controller. It's what I just love how that game worked. Like for example, because you know, like you have like life credits or something like uh, yeah. lives, and if one of your players like you play together and one of them dies, you lose the credit. And if yeah. he can just die eleven times or ten times in a row, and you just lose the game, and you're like, bitch, what the fuck? I think that's when first I learned about trolling, though. Like you just basically just pull the screen that another person died. Yeah, it's one of those like back in the day 90s games which is quite hilarious. I, I miss that. There's like there's no games like that anymore. That's sadly. Maybe on Nintendo uh, maybe Nintendo has something similar, I don't know, but Nintendo they do have game like 
like oh, how do you call that? Like they just transfer it to Nintendo. They just um explore it into into the Switch. That's it. Yeah, the graphics stays the same. Yeah, it could be it. I don't know. I I never actually own a Nintendo game or product. Funny enough. I, what? Yeah, never own a Nintendo product. Yeah. For me, it was always okay. Here's my history: PS One, uh, PC, PS Three, PC, and then PS Four, PC. That's my history. For me, it's like Nintendo, the old one, the Super Nintendo, I think it was. Then I went to PS One, PS Two, then PC, then PS Four. Yeah, that's it. But I'm still using my PC the most, but I got the PS4. I I don't know whoever. God knows the reason why. I got I got the PS4 just because it was uh, when I was working at Sony, it was like 400 pounds. I'm like, fuck yeah, <laughs> give me that PS4, 400 pounds. I'm taking it. Oh, I forgot. I also got um um a free DS for for Pokemon because because I play Pokemon. Yeah, I just I, I never got into Pokemon. I just can't understand Pokemon personally. You will understand Pokemon once you play with Adrian. You beat the shit out of Adrian. <laughs> Imagine I actually beat the shit out of him in, in Pokemon. That would be the most hilarious thing ever. Well, I, I kind of carry in Call of Duty. Just saying. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. I just remembered <laughs> uh, the Spider-Man PS One game. Oof, those two PS One games uh, of Spider-Man. I loved it. Those those games were amazing. And I always yes, one Spider Man was scary for me, especially when you fell to that abyss or bottomless whatever you call it. Yeah, it's like a, the, the, the whole whole like New York town city was literally in yes. gas and something like that. And you <laughs> yes, blue gas. It was so scary. Oh my god! It was Just for I... me. It wasn't okay. I remember from that game, the most scary levels. Uh, well, scary uh, were that underground tunnel sewer missions, those were quite annoying because they were quite difficult. And you had to go through the sewer and you fight some lizards and stuff, and like lizard man or something, I don't know. Those levels were really annoying. And I, I played hate... that game, but I can't remember the, the levels. Oh! Oh! The... I remember the end, like the last mission. The, la- the last way you had to run away from Carnage Doc Hawk. Oh, was that was the. It was Carnage and Doctor Octopus mixed together. Yeah. It was basically yeah, symbiote yeah. went on Doctor Octopus. Because the, I remember it was more than one final boss, was it? Yeah, yeah, there was like multiple bosses. But it was yeah. the most. That mission was the most scary shit ever. As a kid, I was shitting my pants playing that level, <laughs> until I finished it. It was extremely scary as a kid. I, and I, when I remember, was it months ago? I was looking at videos of that game, and people would say the same thing. They grew up with that game, they said the same thing. That the last level was basically horror, horror for everyone as a kid. Because they were just so scared. The sounds, the way the level is designed, you have to run away from it. You don't, you don't fight it, you have to run away. And it's the most scary shit ever. I remember I failed so many times, but my god. What a fun game. And now then... How the... do you play like, um, horror games when you were a kid? Mm, no, not really. Actually, I don't even watch the horror movies. Yeah, I don't even watch even horror movies. Horror was never my thing. Funny enough, because I'm the fatty soldier now, because I gain weight, I might as well play some horror horror games or watch some horror movies. Just because apparently horror horror stuff makes you a bit stressed and you lose weight. 
which is quite. I was going to say, what are you trying to do? Scare your own ass off? Pretty much. That's that's what Mattia oh. told me like just a couple of days ago. Apparently, she she linked me like a, a study or something like that. If you watch horror ga- horror movies or play horror games, you you lose weight because of the like high pressure or stress or whatever. I don't you increase heart rate from your flight or fight response. Something Wait. like that, yeah. The yeah. Resident Evil camera horror game. I used to play Resident Evil and. Yeah, they're, they're horror games. Yeah. Oh, boys! Speaking of Resident Evil, that new Resident Evil Three trailer. Oh boy! Oh, yeah, I, did, I did saw it. Yep. Oh boy! I, I am ready. Because when I was a kid, Resident Evil was one of those games that man, I got it on PlayStation when that shit first came out. And oh boy, that was a game my mom tried to take from me. I was like, fuck, uh, like ten years old when that came out. That was not a game that a ten year old should be playing. It used to become like horror, but now I see it like just like a zombie game, though. Yeah, action horror, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I want to say back in the day, it was legitimately scary, but like, what made it scary? Was it the environment? Kind of. I mean, it it didn't look real realistic. Um, I think more or less what made Resident made the old Resident Evil games scary was just how clunky and crappily controlled your characters were. Actually, they, that goes to every game back in the day, I guess. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where it's like not even necessarily the narrative is driving everything. It's the gameplay itself. It's like, well, you know, I walk into a room, like say playing Resident Evil 1, I walk into a room and there's like four or five zombies in there. It's not like it is nowadays where you can like take down four or five targets in a couple of seconds. Like back then you had to like calculate and make sure you were aimed properly. And I think that kind of added to the tension of a lot of things. There's a lot of artificial tension in those games, not like legit story driven tension, just control tension so to speak like i can't react quick enough in order to take care of all these threats so i'm getting nervous i'm getting frustrated i'm getting angry and you know that that creates the atmosphere so there's one of those one sets of games that used to be real influence on me the other set was um final fantasy games because i played just about every final fantasy from i think I think five was the one that we got, and then they skipped six for Japan release only, and then we got seven on PlayStation, if I recall correctly. And I played, I think it was five, which was the last one on Super Nintendo, and then played seven, eight, nine, and ten when they came out because I had a PlayStation at the time, and I was real big on Final Fantasy and um, real big on Final Fantasy and Metal Gear back then. So I would fucking go out of my way and I'd buy those games like on release date because those those were those were my jams. I liked the I liked the story aspect of them. I liked the gameplay of them. I liked the fact that okay, I could spend 70 hours on a game and not necessarily get halfway through the damn story if I wanted to. I could spend hours just grinding the game and grinding characters out and just just having all sorts of That's those were what made made my 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 gaming childhood. Now I have my oh, cat I remember in my something. booth with me. Back- Back in the days, for a game like Final Fantasy, you need like four discs to actually to complete the whole whole game. Yeah, seven was a uh, three discs, eight was yeah. four, I think nine was another four disc, and that practice didn't stop until ten when DV- when everything started coming out on DVDs for PlayStation Three or PlayStation Two. Sorry. Yeah, PS Two. That was the um, the ten. And on, on eleven, they went on on PC, was it? On yeah, that was the one that I think went kind of MMO ish. And then there was uh-huh. twelve, which was PlayStation Two or PlayStation Three, which they kind of started leaning more towards MMO. And um, 
yeah, and then there was 13, 13, two, et cetera, et cetera. And we know where that all went from there. But, um, yeah, I remember fucking loving the, just buying the crap out of those things. Like right when they first came out, playing the snot out of them, like I'd get like 70, 80, 90 hours on the save file. I think my final fantasy 10 save file was like 120 hours by the time it was all said and done. Cause I wanted everything. I wanted all the aeons. I wanted all the summons. I wanted all the secret stuff. I wanted as much as they wanted to get as much out of that game as humanly possible. And same thing with Metal Gear. That thing was another about game those series. Games found that they say is sharing information with your friends, like what you discovered, then you could talk about the same thing with your friend the whole day. That's what I did. Back in oh the yeah, days. there was even, like you could even have go so far as to have a start like a social aspect on somebody who just had the Brady Games guide. Like those people were gods back in the day. It was like they they went out and they bought the game and then they'd spend like an extra thirty forty dollars for the Brady Games guide and. Like, wow, that was like a big social buff right there for anybody. You'd be like, well, you, I got the Brady Games guide. I know my way around. And I know how to do everything in the game and the whole nine yards. And be like, can I, can I borrow that, please? Let me just borrow that bitch. Because they were not I, cheap back in the day. They were not cheap. The, the best you could get, I think, is like you can get a book with all the, the cheap gold. You have those gold. Like, press up twice and press down if you play like a Mega Man game. You could unlock like special mode for for those characters. Yeah, there's no games anymore that provide cheat code cheat codes for. No, anything. it's all DLC nowadays. Yeah, and console commands. I remember I used the cheat codes in Star Wars Jedi Outcast. Uh, What's their cheat code? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You can go no clip, God mode, real, uh, oh. realistic lightsaber effects or. They can, uh, it, it was like so many chicos. <laughs> I kind of abused it just because I was kind of shit at the game at first. I was like, God mode, never die. And I was, I was like, continue. Or, or got a lightsaber in the first mission, which kind of like wasn't the point because you had to use a Oh my god, does everybody, does everybody remember um, like when Brent, when San Andreas was out and that was it? That was it and it was at its oh, heyday? Yes, Sorry. yes. I, like, I think it was either, I think it was Prime Games. They went out and they made a book specifically for like all of the San Andreas cheats because yes. there were so many of them. Yeah. And like I still even remember the Harrier spawn code like by heart to this day. Like I could see here with a controller in my hand and bang it out real quick, but don't ask me what the like <laughs> actual commands are. You know you guys ever have that where you've done like a cheat code command so many times that you just grab a hold of the controller and do it and be like, Well, don't ask me what the fucking buttons are, just hand me the controller and I'll do it real quick. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, you times. still remember that. Good times. Just because it was so hilarious and fun. All right. Because we've been talking for 45 minutes. Let's talk for another 10, 15, I guess. What are your modern games that kind of left an impact on you that you think deserve to be in your childhood nostalgia trophy place where you you put your nostalgia games that brought you all the good times? But what are, mo- are the modern games that you put in the same category that you think change your life or amount mentality in some shape or form what kind of modern games did that to you probably battlefield series but i mean it's no shock how much you know battlefield affected all of us that's i mean we've already been down that road and on that subject before um but go outside of battlefield i would probably say the last two metal gear games that were made those had a huge impact on me. Metal Gear Solid 4, the movie, and uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, Fan of Pain. Uh, little joke in there if anybody catches it. <laughs> um, those games really had a big impact on me because every time I play those, I take something different away from them each and every time. Like like Final Fantasy 7, that's a game I can go sit back and play over and over and over and over 
again, save file, hack, and just mow through the story. And I will still take something completely different away from it each time. So any game that is capable of doing that, where I can have either A, a good multiplayer experience where I can hang out with friends and I can be social and I don't have to really worry about a story-driven thing, just kind of jumping around, have some fun, jump out, I'm off I go with my day. Or a game where I dedicate you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 hours to a save file and I consistently take something different away each and every time that I play it. Those two types of games are honestly the, the, the games that influence me the most and those are the types of games that I, as a voice actor, I really would like to, in order to, to, to get involved with and stay involved with because those, those are what got me into doing this. Those are what keep me in, this, in, in, wanting, in, in video gaming. Those, those types of games keep me hanging on. Other stuff... Not so much. <laughs> Jim? For me, that would be Monster Hunter, though. Like, oh, yeah, I've you never play played a... a Monster Hunter game before. You play a lot of Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter. Monster Hunter, where is the first Monster Hunter game that I play? And that game is like... Because on any other game, action games that I play, like... A Monster Hunter, you can do everything, like, you couldn't do on other games. Like, you can take advantage, advantage of everything, environment, traps... Basically, you become the hunter yourself. Anything a hunter can do, you can do on the game. And what for me, like the game is not much about story or, or whatever, but it's actually the gameplay that you actually hunt the monster. I well, there are not many monsters on the game. Like well, there are actually a lot, but you could hunt the same monster over and over again, and you could never get bored of, over it. Just, it's, it's like a different experience every time. Yes, it's just like a new experience for me. Does he have like some sort of narrative like we would talk, we talked about before? Or is it just basically create your own narratives and story? There is a story, but it doesn't really matter for me because the story is quite stupid and just it's quite nonsense the story actually. But it's the story about the discover a new world and then just explore it and da 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 but but that game is actually one of the games that you actually just about hunting. So it's about a gameplay game, so no no story. But for others, they, they do really care about the story, but uh, I just play the game. Does League of Legends for you con- to be considered in that category, or just one of those games that you just play just because? Uh, not really, because I play League of Legends because my friends play it, and before League of Legends, I play Dota, so actually Dota is more like got a better impact in me than League of Legends. Uh, the, the, the way I compare League of Legends and Dota is basically Battlefield and Call of Duty. But Call of Duty is League of Legends and Dota is Battlefield. That's the way I kind of compare them. Yes, Dota is more hardcore. Like um, you need like a the thing is I'm more overpowered. If you pl- if you put a League of Legend player to Dota, League of Legend player would complain a lot because they would just complain that's so OP, that's so OP. <laughs> Any more games or? Um, not really. That's okay. it. Your turn. In my case, story-wise or single-player-wise, it was Witcher Three. Uh, Witcher Three for me was I, I was never a big fan of. Like, I never heard of Witcher Witcher series or books or whatever. I never read them. I never heard about it. I just heard the game is really good. Decided to try it, and holy shit, I became a fan just because of the game. Witcher Three was the most amazing single-player games I ever played. In the modern era, it's one of the best things ever. I still put it as the best game every decade. Um, 
Battlefield series, obviously, like that's that's not a, that's not a surprise. Battlefield always been the number one shooter for me in my life, and always will be. I think uh, it's not gonna replace that special place in my heart. Uh, even though I started with Battlefield Two, but I never really played Battlefield Two. Twenty One Forty Two was kind of there there for me, but I, I never really got into Battlefield that much until Battlefield Three. I don't know what happened with Battlefield Three, but Battlefield Three was that had that special lightning in the ball feeling that something's like, oh, this feels right. This feels. I remember amazing. when that game released. I was living in Jacksonville. I actually pre-ordered that thing. Because I remember I was so sick and tired of Modern Warfare 2, and it was right when they announced Modern Warfare 3, and I was just like, ugh, no more. And um, ironically, I, I love the shit out of Battlefield 3. But I remember going to a GameStop and like waiting in line for a midnight release for that game. I think that's the only game I have ever like legitimately waited in line for a midnight release. And then when I got that sucker home, jumped on, and just wowed. I, 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 was, I had your reaction. I was just pretty much floored by it. I'm like, I am addicted. This is, I this was is so it. addicted. I was so freaking addicted because it's like it just felt so right. But as I say that, Battlefield Three was for me back then. The games that still influence me right now, if believe it or not, Fortnite. Fortnite. Even though I, I'm not the biggest fan of Battle Royale. I am. I don't really care about Battle Royale, and I don't think Fortnite mechanics are that. I mean, that's simple enough. That's simple enough. They do the job. But Fortnite has something that. No other game has it. You can play the game on any mobile device. You can play anywhere, cross-platform and everything, and cross-save. And you can play with anyone. And it's free. It's one of the, like, it's just because you, you can, like, me and Gian and Adrian, we never really played games together that much anymore. But Fortnite is that. And I love that just because what kind of impact it leaves on us, because we can actually play together. And another game that kind of left, left a huge influence for me is the, the new COD, believe it or not. I'm not the biggest fan of Call of Duty. I was one of those people like bashing Call of Duty every year for being the same and basically being boring. And it's nothing new. But something about this modern warfare, this, this it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. The game is not perfect. But there's something in it that's like was made with love and something even Activision is not being that greedy by their typical standards it, like something about it just feels right it, it gives me that Balfi free feeling back in the day it gives me that feeling what Balfi 5 doesn't give me that anymore it just I can't Balfi 1 it was okay but it never gave me that feeling uh, Balfi 5 is a completely different story I just don't like Balfi 5 I just don't uh, Especially after the new patches and everything. I just I just don't enjoy it. But Call of Duty More Warfare is giving me that Balfi free feeling that I had back in 2011. And I love that. And I just... And because you can play with other people on, on consoles or whatever the console they have or PC. I can play with Agent who's on Xbox. And we play together on a regular basis. And that's amazing. The game feels good. Sure, there's some bugs or something like that, but show me a big triple game that doesn't have bugs at this, at this time and age. It just feels so good, and I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, controls feel good. Uh, vehicles could be better, but it's just like, there's something, there's potential to be something really amazing. And I love that. I don't know, of course, then there's another Call of Duty coming this year. What a surprise, right? There's another, another Black Ops. What? Yeah, what really? 
yeah, like, you know there's a Call of Duty every freaking year. But I think Modern Warfare has the legs to survive for much, much longer as a Battlefield game because it has that potential to be that good and amazing. Because it, it has the foundations are there for something really glorious. And Modern Warfare is there for me up there with Battlefield 3 of making some sort of impact on me. It's like, this is the future, basically. This is the way. And I hope the trend is going to continue and we're going to get something more better in the future. Maybe not Modern Warfare, but something with other games, maybe. I doubt I will be interested in the new Call of Duty because I don't care about Black Ops. I don't care about Triarch because Triarch, I just don't care about that. But something about this game that really sticks to me. Um, Spider-Man uh, on PS4 was a big in- influence on me because I just love that game. Uh, I want to play that game. Um, as soon as I got a PS4, Matea gave me the game on Christmas as a gift. And I was the most happiest person alive because I just <laughs> wanted to play that game. And I played it, I finished it, I played the DLCs and everything. And just like, I love the game. P- Spider-Man on PS4, the new one that came out. Dear God, it's the best Spider-Man iteration in media to this day. Like, I I think it's... Hold on, you have to put that asterisk, asterisk in there since Spider-Man the Movie 2 game, because that is... I, I mean, that get, it the new Spider-Man game gets compared to that one a lot, and just watching footage, I can see why, because I played the shit out of the old one. Funny thing, I never played the PS2 game, but I played the PC version, and it's this, those games are completely different. In terms of game design and mechanics and everything. I don't know what happened. I don't know how the hell those games are so different. But, yeah, the PS4 Spider-Man, I think, is the best Spider-Man iteration ever. Better than any movie that came out. Listen, I love Tobey Maguire movies, but they're cheesy. Andrew Andrew Garfield is still one of my favorite Spider-Man. Tom Holland is fine, but I think he's being clutched or... With the MCU stuff, I just I think MCU kind of ruins him, even though it's great that he's in the MCU, but it kind of ruins him. But Spider-Man on the PS4, dear God, it's so good. It's just like, this is the true Spider-Man I always want in my life. It's the pinnacle of Spider-Man for me there. And it's one of those games that really affected me. Like, yes, please, is more it, of this. Is it, is it good enough for you to delete the safe data and start all over again? Yes. It's actually one of those games that I'm like, yes, I am more than happy to play this again because the mechanics and the, how it makes you feel fly through the city and everything, it just it's it's just feels so good. It feels so I kinda, good. I kind of wish I could go back and like delete my save file and play Metal Gear 5 all over again. But I've, I've noticed that there's this slight problem in a lot of modern story-driven games where you can't... You can't even delete the save data and go back and start from scratch again. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, like, that's there's, some, yeah. Well, there's quite a few games that are like that, and it, it kind of sucks. Because you can't... You play through Metal Gear Solid Five. you play through Phantom Pain, you're, you can't start to finish play it like you did the first playthrough exa- exactly again. Like Metal Gear Solid 1, I could pick that game up and not bother loading my save file and start from scratch all over again, play it through like I did the first time. You do the same thing with Metal Gear 2, Metal Gear 3, Metal Gear 4, etc., etc., we got to five, and for some reason, I guess Konami was just like, "No, we don't want you to replay this again. Just select your missions, bitch, and go back to it." And I wasn't. That kind of sucked. Like, get, like if there is a game developer listening out there right now, 
come on, like fight for new new games, not just new game plus. I mean, I love new game plus. Don't get me wrong. But there's just sometimes where I just want to start it over from scratch and either a relive it, relive my experience or B try to have that same experience, but in a different way without the game trying to hold my hand again because I've beaten it already. There's not a lot of games these days that do that funny enough. There's there's not a lot of games anymore that really I don't know, it kind of start and, and I hate to say something like this, but it's kind of starting to feel like what the waste of this state of gaming is, it's getting to the point where all right, you've had your fun, you've played through it once, that's it. You're done. Go go buy the DLC or buy, go buy the DLC like it's coming or, out in a couple of months. Yeah. Buy the next title or hey, if you really absolutely want to play it all over again, you could always start another account up and buy it again. Pretty much. That sucks. I mean, yeah. that's that completely undercuts the whole reason of a single player game. That's my experience. That's what I want. That's what I bought it for. Not to just like it's it, you know, video games are not a movie where it's like you digest it one time and that's all you're gonna get out of it and that's all there is to it. It's like no, you know, with video games you can you can play at the same level a multitude of different times and get a completely different experience out of it. You know, and in some movies, you can kind of sit and watch a movie over and over again and get something different out of it. There are a handful of movies that allow that. But with video games, that's like it's bread and butter is the replayability of it. Because you notice that's one term that's tossed around a lot, replayability. If there's no replayability to it, there's no value to it as far as a lot of people are concerned. So what happened to that dogma? Did, Did we just give up on that? Did we all just collectively say, well... Once and done is enough, I guess. On to the multiplayer, off we go. I think it's because of the re- revenue, um, because it's just much easier to monetize multiplayer games, for example, than your typical single That's a whole games. different topic we can yeah, get into. I know, I know, I know. And we've been talking for now, so I'm not going to talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be for another day, for another, another episode. Um, I will definitely be down for that one. Any closing thoughts? Uh, no, none, other than follow everybody on Twitter. See what I'm up to. I've uh, I've got a game mod that actually just came out that I voiced um, for Fallout 4. So if anybody's interested in that, you can find it on my Twitter page. Other than that, really, it hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of changes. Um, I've got more auditions in. I'm waiting to hear back from one that I really hope I get into for a, a, a show that the producer wants to get funded enough in order to try and put before Netflix. So I really hope I, I get involved in that one, at least in some slight way. Um, other than that, I've pretty much just been chugging along, keeping the train rolling, keeping things going, just, you know, keeping, keeping building stuff up. Jan, anything? Nothing. Nothing, as usual. Okay, that's fine. Um, what I wanted to ask once Comic-Con, that I remembered me. Still a long way to go. Oh, oh okay. by the way, it's quite late, but Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very belayed Happy New Year. Yeah, this podcast is being recorded on the 15th of January, so... Just making sure for anyone still listening. Um, I don't know. The way we record podcasts are quite weird. For the first four episodes, no, the first three episodes were really recorded quite early. Then the rest are kind of like followed up a bit more in line. But well, okay, so I think we should end on that. So thank you, Jan and Ray, for joining and talking about our childhood games that affected our lives in some shape or form. Of course, thank you for having me anytime. And thank you so much for our listeners who actually listen to through the whole thing, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listen to the audio version of the podcast. Thank you for sticking with us and actually and thank you for anyone who is giving feedback if the podcast is good or bad. Um, if you are a new listener and you listen to the whole thing, God bless you. 
please leave a like or dislike, let us know what you think, or leave a comment, I love to read all that kind of stuff, and, and if you want to be involved in the podcast, some shape or form, let me know, we have an email, we have Twitter, we have everything you need to know, and however you can contact us, it's up to you. We have send a carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah, send a carrier pigeon, I'll accept even carrier pigeons, uh, I'll keep the pigeon because I love animals. And if there's anything you guys would like to hear us talk about, discuss, hear our opinions on, go ahead and leave it in the comment section. Like Tom said, send us an email, send us any kind of suggestion, or even, like I said, tie a note to a carrier pigeon and send it to Tom's doorstep. Yep, or send the cat. I'll keep the cat, too. <laughs> Actually, I'll send any cat animal to me. I'll keep it because I love animals. And it will be the new mascot. Oh, yeah. It will be our podcast mascot. Bloody hell, no, I want that. Don't send the animal to me. To yeah, don't, don't send it to Gian because uh, yeah, the, the, he's Chinese. So don't send it to him. <laughs> you don't send animals to him. We, <laughs> oh my God. we know how's that going to happen, so please don't. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> anyway, okay, on that note, see you guys in the next one, and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Your hands upon a dead man's gun and Looking down the sides Your heart is worn And the seams are torn